You didn't really think that I would let you go. This week on the podcast, LJ Smith's The Forbidden Game, part two. Hello, and welcome to Growing Up Bookish. That's the podcast where we take old books we used to love and reread them again with an adult perspective. I'm your host, Emma. I am your other host, Allison. Today we are doing the second half of L.J. Smith's The Forbidden Game. We read the first half on last week's podcast, and now we're starting from chapter nine and we're going till the end. Let's do it. Let's do it. So kind of where we left off is Jenny and her friends are in a nightmare house and Julian, the shadow man, is in love with Jenny. So Julian is after Jenny's soul and she and her friends have to play a deadly game. Yep. in order to win and get out alive of Which this house. Which is the deadly game is to face their nightmares and reach the roof before dawn at 613? 6-11. 6-11. 6-11. I, I don't know why. And so when we last left off, we had just finished chic fashion plate icon Audrey's. Audrey's dream, yes. Dream, which was about dark elves in a cave in a forest. Well, I guess not a dream, a nightmare. It's an a nightmare. absolute yeah, nightmare. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> at the start of chapter nine, they return into the haunted mansion hallway where all these doors have been located. And Audrey sees her drawing, which is of a forest. Right, and last time you talked about that, and I was like, really, though? Because she said, no, she lied to her friends. That's yes. what happened. She lied to her friends yes. rather than face her own nightmare. Because nobody wants to tell what their actual nightmare is, even though it would help people. <laughs> but, you know. Jenny does mention to them that uh, Julian offered to help if she gave him something but she didn't tell him the details right because she's like well you know julian said that if i and they're like don't you dare yeah. woman immediately they're like yeah. don't do it and, and they don't even know no they don't, they even, don't even know, know. That it's just a kiss it's just a kiss a kiss and i don't even think she told them that like the friend will get to go free like no, i don't I think don't she think even she, mentioned yes that. she's just like well julian said he'll help if and they're like no way girl uh-uh and she's like oh okay cool yeah because no. i wasn't gonna anyway <laughs> No, see, if that were me, I would be asking questions such yeah, as... Yeah, I'd be like, well, what is it that he wants? What? Can we trick him? Yeah. You know, because with the whole kiss what, thing... Like, what is the actual deal here yeah. going on? What is it? What did he and offer? And you would think... What did he... Yes. Since Audrey's father's like a diplomat or whatever, that she could like be like, okay, here's how you're going to negotiate it, yeah. okay? To make sure that where we her, get the turn yeah, around. where are her negotiating skills? I don't know. They're gone. Well, anyway, so Jenny doesn't do the deal for whatever reason. And her um, friends are on board with it. Because they don't know that they one don't of them could know. go free. They People should just talk. Just be honest. Yeah. Uh, they finally find Michael, and he's pacing back and forth in front of a door that he says is locked. They have, like, a little chat with Michael. Michael's, like, the teddy bear sort of guy of the roll. group. Cinnamon roll. <laughs> I love that for him. <laughs> yeah. The cinnamon roll. The cinnamon roll of the group. <laughs> they uh, they find him and he's just like, yeah, I've just been here in front of this door. It won't open. But now it opens. Now it opens. So yeah, yeah I wrote down in my notes. So it's kind of like Jenny starts the action for these things. Yes, yeah. okay. she definitely does. I feel like at the beginning when Julian was explaining the game to her, he said she was the main player. And so I feel like her friends are just wandering yeah. around and they're waiting spaces. for her. Yeah. Yeah, they're Gosh. just sitting around. Are they not hungry? Like... Probably. They probably have to pee. <laughs> like, he's, pr how long has it been? Like, at least three, three hours. hours. Yeah. yeah. Three hours. And think about no the people food, that we're not no going to see for another three hours. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. It's just one person oh. per hour. Yeah. What kind you of know. state are they going to be in? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I think they left all the crazy people for the end because cool. we got like Summer and Zach and, well, Tom. I mean, but whatever. But like, uh. Zach's already crazy and Summer's probably like in a ball somewhere yeah. <laughs> poor things <laughs> whatever let's get to him quick yeah 
Well, so they, uh, speaking of getting to it quick, they can't seem to get into Michael's nightmare because when they open the door, uh, it leads them just into a carbon copy of the same place they're already in. So they sit down, they start like yammering and chatting about shit and, uh, Oh, yeah, Ren and Stimpy reference. I wrote down oh, Ren yeah. and Stimpy reference. There is a Ren and Stimpy. He, he could <laughs> have been 90s. at home. Watching he could have Ren been at and home. Stimpy. Yeah. yeah. And also, I have to mention that Michael does not mention what his nightmare is again when they again. ask. Again. He's just, but see, at least he gives some information, but he still doesn't tell it because they're like, so what's your nightmare? And, and he's like, oh, it's just this stupid kid stuff. And I'm like, such as? Right. They're... <laughs> nightmares on a kid level actually can be really terrifying yeah. because their imagination knows no limit yeah. knows no limit so please tell me what your childish nightmare is Instead, because it's they're probably like, going to be horrific oh it's the potty monster isn't it <laughs> but uh, let me tell you how scary a potty monster would be I, yeah if i had to encounter something like that i don't know you what ima- i would do can you imagine what in this book setting what Bizarre. the potty monster would be like it's just a room full of toilets i have no idea you have to what sit on the be. toilet and see if the monster reaches out and grabs you. i can imagine like flickering fluorescent lights in like a truck stop bathroom yeah it's a real gross bathroom (laughs) yes but as they're talking the the prose sprinkles in a little bit of like so-and-so scratches behind their ear Mm -hmm. so-and-so scratches their leg so it could be a really bad rash that's Uh, a nightmare and it kind of is (laughs) because eventually jenny notices that you know the place where she's scratching is like green like moss yes and then suddenly michael has leaves sprouting all over him they try to pull out the plants, but they can't. It's like pulling a skin with it, I guess. <laughs> <gasps> and so he, like, everyone kind of just has, like, a different kind of, like, growth on him, but his is, like, everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. So his is way worse than everybody else's. Everyone else is just like, okay, whatever, this is kind of weird. It's like, brush this off. Yeah. Okay, that's gone, but yeah. his is multiplying yeah. rapidly. Yeah, like, he's going to be, like, choking on leaves pretty soon. But they've got their, they've got nothing to work with except for the fire. Which, you know, Michael's the one that suggests it. He's like, oh, we've got fire. And they're like, what? And he's like, just burn me. And so they do. Yeah. Get the candle, he said thickly. Dee lifted it out easily. I'm going to try it out on myself first, she said. No, me. Dee slanted a slow-eyed look at him and then nodded. She tilted the candle to apply the flame to a leaf on his arm. The leaf seemed to melt slightly in a crescent where the flame touched it. There was a bad smell as the edge blackened. Nothing else happened. Try the roots. Dee tried lower, very close to Michael's skin. Michael flinched away from the heat, but Audrey held him steady. The plant started to shrivel. That's it. Can you stand it? Dee asked. I can stand anything to get these off. With the right kind of incentive, of course. He looked hopefully at Audrey, who was still holding him in murmuring encouragement. Jenny smiled to herself. To be inane and lecherous when you're scared to death required a special kind of bravery. Dee burned more roots. The plants began to drop off more and more quickly, shriveling at the first touch of flame. Michael was almost sobbing in relief. His arms and torso were clear. Anything, uh, lower? Dee gestured with the candle at Michael's sweatpants. No, and watch where you're waving that thing. I plan to be a family man. (laughs) Oh, Michael. Oh, Michael. Cinnamon roll. Cinnamon roll. (laughs) So I felt like this was a little bit different than the past nightmares because they actually had to use some brain power rather than just waiting for a door. Yeah, thus far we've had two nightmares that have just been like, wait and see if the door appears. But this one they actually had to... Do something. Do something, which I remember talking about last week about how we wished that there were more puzzle solving. Yeah. And how it was like, find a clever way to get out of your nightmare. But nope, in the other ones, it was just kind of like, 
find that door wait wait for the door yeah yeah i mean just don't die until it happens because (laughs) even in the first one where they had they figured out the whole like light dimming thing it didn't matter because they like she knocked herself off the thing and then they just picked her up and put her back right and it wasn't until the aliens left the room and left them unattended and then then they could go (laughs) and then they're like oh now we can go (laughs) exactly so yeah (laughs) this one was definitely way better in that they had to figure out how to take it over rather than just wait around. So that was pretty cool. But it, it, it was a lot shorter than all the other ones. They just, you know, burned him, burned his plants, and then that was the end of that. So, yeah, when he was, what, four years old, he heard a story about some girl Who not take wa- yeah, not taking baths yeah. and grew vegetables. Vegetables and, and <laughs> other stuff, which is kind of different. But, I mean, he is the – they do describe him as being kind of sloppy. Like, there are oh, yeah, some of his, like, rumpled really... yes, sweatpants and stuff like that. A little so, bit unkempt. Yeah, a little bit unkempt. So maybe it would happen to him. Who knows? <laughs> After they're done and they start walking around, they see a staircase and they go up it. And that's the beginning of Chapter 10. When they get up the stairs, it's a new hallway. No longer the Haunted Mansion hallway, but now it's like a hallway of mirrors. Yeah. Which they describe strangely. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine it in my head. I had... Which no. maybe that was the effect she was going for as far as explaining it. Like, you're just as turned around as they are because... I felt turned around I'm because... Like, I can't imagine what this looks like. They didn't describe it as a maze, but they also kept mentioning that there were sharp turns. Yes. So, Zigzags. Yeah, so it couldn't have just been straight one way or the other, but they didn't talk about getting lost or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Just having to hold their hands out in front of their faces so they don't bonk into a... A mirror. Into a mirror. Yeah. Except for D, who was just like... She's got it. She's man. got it. She's because she's the best. <laughs> but as they're wandering around looking for somebody, they hear whimpering in the corner. And it's not a puppy. It's not. It's the little ball of fluff. It's sweet summer. Sweet summer. Sweet summer child. Who's uh who is in a state. <laughs> well, she's been there for a while. <laughs> she has. <laughs> Real quick, are Dee and Audrey the only people that Jenny has told this thing, the deal with Julian? Yes. Okay. So nobody else gets to weigh in on it (laughs) because it's decided she's not going to give in. Right. They may have mentioned it when they were talking with Michael, but I don't think they told details. Okay. But Summer doesn't know anything about it. No, Summer knows nothing. Okay. She doesn't know that she could get set free. (laughs) Although we all know that Jenny was going to set Tom free. Yes. So it doesn't matter. No contest. No contest. When they ask Summer what her nightmare is, she actually tells them. She's truthful. She's honest. But they don't believe her. But they don't believe her. They're, and they're super condescending and patronizing <laughs> about it. They're just, it's okay, Summer. Uh, oh, I remember Audrey was like, no, really, Summer. It'll really help us if you tell us. And she's like, uh, I did tell I you. I told you. I just told you. She said that her nightmare was a messy room. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, Summer. And see, I think at this point, you've already gone through so many weird yeah. things that How if someone said a messy room, you should give it some actual thought. I mean, they literally just had a conversation with Michael about how, like, no, it's your nightmare's not stupid. It's, you know, yeah. your nightmare. But here they are, right back yeah. again. Like, Well, they don't believe her, so I guess they think it's something. Else. I don't know what they think it is, but I remember being real mad about, <laughs> about them not taking her seriously and treating her like a child. But whatever. She doesn't fight back for herself, so Summer gets involved. <laughs> So they go into the door, and what do you know? Ta-da, it's a messy room. It's a messy room. So it's Summer's bedroom, only it's more messy than it should be. They kind of describe it as being 
like there's a wall of trash. Yes, they like, can't from see. From floor to ceiling. Yeah, they can't really see the wall. They can't wall. see the other side of the room. Yeah. And so when they get in there, they just are like, well, obviously we have to clear, clear the up. space up and get it to the other side of the room because maybe there's a door behind there. Exactly. And it... It starts out kind of normal. They have cassette tapes and Ray-Bans. Yes, I loved her description of things of because things. it was perfect. Yeah. It was a perfect description. She mentioned like sticky sunglasses and uh, chewed up pens, yes. markers with the tip off. Yes. You know, just just things, things you would, you would find, find in, you know, a dump. Pretty Absolutely. Much. <laughs> pretty much. Or a 16-year-old girl's bedroom, a really messy 16-year-old girl's bedroom. <laughs> Unspooled cassette tapes in the 90s. In the 90s. As they get Further in, though, the trash becomes grosser and grosser. Mm -hmm. So the second layer is like food trash. Yeah, it's like a wonderful seven-layer bean dip just (laughs) full of disgusting things. It definitely is. Each layer is worse and worse. (laughs) It is. (laughs) They describe it so well. Well, especially, okay, so after they get through, like, the food trash, there's, like, you know, they mention, like, dead mice, but then... (laughs) Yeah, they, they mentioned, like, seeing a dead mouse, but that's not as bad as, like, when the no, bugs start coming. the bugs. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so scary. And they describe it, like, they describe, like, in detail, like, what the bugs look like and what sounds they're making. Yes, there is a cockro- cockroach that is the size of Jenny's foot yeah. coming out of the vents. Yeah. And its legs are scraping <laughs> against the, the vent slats. I wanted to vomit when I read this. This is an actual nightmare. This yeah. was disgusting. No, it absolutely <laughs> was. And they start to get kind of freaked out, too, and finally ask Summer to give more details about her nightmare, which she does. And she talks about how, yeah, you know, giant cockroaches and like towers of howling mold mm-hmm. are the things that she uh, remembers and that her it all started when her grandmother saw her messy room and told her that she uh, would get lost and never come out that it looked like an earthquake Quake. hit it that you know things were growing in there and pretty much all of that is happening good old grandma good old grandma she was right <laughs> clean your room summer <laughs> just a you. little bit critical grandma why don't you go in there and help her grandma <laughs> As they're going through the trash, then the ground starts shaking and the, like the ceiling starts collapsing yep, and that's get, when it starts to get serious. We get the earthquake and then more bugs are yep. crawling out in, below from in the layers. details. <laughs> um, of course, Summer starts freaking out when the when the ground starts shaking and like the bugs start coming and she is not helping them clean. And Audrey yells at her, which is just mean. She, she's like, Summer! Come yeah. help us. Because Audrey froze in her, her yes, nightmare too. She did. 100% you, she did. Can't you be understanding? No, apparently no. not. Apparently we've forgotten all about it. J- just like we also forgot about how nobody told about their nightmare either. Right. God, Summer, it would really help us if you tell us. Well, you didn't, Audrey. Nope. You lied. Yeah. You did even worse. <laughs> you didn't even beat around the bush like Michael. God, we're never going to let that go. <laughs> so as the room is collapsing and getting worse and worse, they finally find the door on the other side of all the garbage. Uh, unfortunately, Summer is, like, not coming with them. Yeah, she's terrified, she's, frozen yeah. still. And, uh, and they, everybody's, like, on the other side of the room. Yeah, they're on the other side of the room. I think she's, like, in the center of the room now. And they're, they find the door and they open it, but it's not staying open. It It's, like, wants to close. Yeah. So they can't just, like, wait for her. So... Jenny tries to go back, but then uh, the howling tower of mold comes up and screams at Summer, and she, like, runs further back into the room. Yeah. And Jenny's freaking out, trying to go back, but Dee's like, nah, we gotta go. This door is yeah. closing, and the room is collapsing. Suddenly, Summer's screams stop. She's... They can't see her anymore. They go outside the door, the door and it closes. closes. 
and then it disappears. Summer be dead. That's what I wrote in my notes. Summer be dead. Summer be dead. Poor, <laughs> poor sweet, sweet sunshine child. Yes. Jenny's in a state because she tries to go back and get Summer and they won't let her. And so she feels really guilty like it's her fault. She feels guilty specifically about not kissing Julian mm-hmm. to yeah. let one of her friends go. Except we all know. She would have chosen Tom. She would not have chosen Summer. She, I mean, she admitted it at the beginning. She's yeah. like, well, of course I'd choose Tom. And my friends would, would understand. understand. And I'm like, you're an idiot. Because she's the weakest person yes. that isn't going to make it. And that's Summer. And we all knew that from <laughs> yeah. the beginning. And Because Julian even like says at the beginning, one of you is not going to be strong enough to make it. Gee, I wonder who. who? Yeah, Absolutely. It would have been Summer. That's who I would have So chosen. all of her stupid wallowing is for naught because she never was going to let Summer go. It's just... Well, God, at least Jenny. she's freaking out about it because the rest of them don't seem to mind. I think they're just handling their grief differently. Let's hope so. I know. You know they're trying to be, like, be strong for her. People can be in shock, but I don't know. So in Chapter 11, they decide to split off, even yes. though in the previous chapter, it was a good idea to stay together. So yes. now... Now they split off. Audrey and Michael go off on their own to try to find somebody. Dee stays with Jenny. It's 2 o'clock in the morning by this point. Finally, Dee gets impatient, I guess, that Michael and Audrey haven't come back, and she leaves Jenny all by herself. Cool. And Jenny's just like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, I understand Jenny's in, like, like, shock or whatever, but... but That's another reason why you wouldn't leave her. She's the only one, like showing yeah. grief like yeah. why would you leave someone in that state well also in a because weird hallway she's she gonna go crazy every time she's alone Julian's julian gets her this time is a little different though because she sees a door and she decides to go through it um, oh yeah because it's like she's it's closing it's right? closing like yes. an elevator door so do, to her credit because at first i was like why would you go in a door until you find all the other people you know you would wait but no, it's like closing and she's afraid she's going to lose the opportunity or whatever. To save Tom. To, yeah. And so she makes a split second decision and she jumps in there. And it turns out that in this new room is her cousin Zach's photography studio garage, which I guess is a place that she knows. And Zach's a real lame photographer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you do have some experience. So I I do trust your judgment. You've been a photographer. But you still are a photographer. They describe all of his... <laughs> They describe it's just all of artsy. His... You don't no, understand him. Where's the you, one about the cafeteria tables? You don't understand him Hang and his on. art. No, I have to read <laughs> the description of this photograph that looks so dumb. As her eyes adjusted, she recognized a giant mural print on one wall. It showed cafeteria tables stacked in a glorious pyramid, one trash can at each end on each level, a marvel of engineering. Jenny knew that picture well. She, Tom, and Dee had spent the entire night stacking those tables and listening to Zach's imperious demands of one more shot. It had been one of the more hysterical and terrifying adventures of their sophomore year. Also, they even helped him make it. So he's not even an artist at all because he didn't do anything. He had the vision. He's the visionary. It sounds really stupid. I mean, I'm hoping that L.J. Smith, the author, has some kind of vision in her head of what magical thing this is supposed to look like. But to me, it looks and sounds really stupid. Well, I don't know how they got away with it at school. I'm yeah, like, me when, did you sneak like sneak in it after had to hours? Have been after hours, yeah. <gasps> They're oh delinquents. Got to got to be a delinquent for your art for real. Was Summer a part of that? No, Summer no. was not a part of that. They did not. No. Good on you, Summer. Yeah, good on you. <laughs> Summer would never do that. As she's looking around, she finally sees Zach, who is uh, developing a photo. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what you do when you're in a nightmare. 
she goes up to him and he's kind of like in a trance and she's like uh what are you doing and he's like i gotta develop this photo i mean it was it was here so i gotta finish it gotta finish it i'm real upset that we never figured out what that photo was we never do no they don't talk about it hmm i wanted it to be something creepy i wonder if it'd be like an image of showing summer what she's doing right now to add to jenny's grief that would have been awesome it probably would have been a picture of julian or something or or a creepy boy or a picture of jenny oh yeah that would be awesome that would be fun ah. anyway they, they how don't did you tell get us. the zach he spends his time developing photos and we don't know what it is no jenny tries to like snap him out of his haze and uh she's like no bro we gotta go things are happening and he finally like collapses into her arms she hugs him and tries to comfort him. And then all of a sudden they're making out. <laughs> I'm so upset about this. Okay, so my I didn't have a problem with this because Ugh. for the most part, this kind of like subplot little storyline is either a dream or it's like something messed up. It's so never really. Did you actually think it wasn't real from the get go, though? I mean, when it first started, I was like, oh, that's a little weird. But then um, LJ Smith gives you clues as to where he's kissing her. And I remembered those are the parts that Julian had permission to kiss. Man, so you like, were far this, more. It's, I, I, to me, I was like, this is either a weird dream and she's getting messed with or it's Julian. That's that's what I thought. Unless, I mean, I feel most of the time when you hear when that, like I said, when that plot line comes in, it's not really kissing cousins or it's not really brother and sister unless, you know, you're Guillermo del Toro and then you're just <laughs> <laughs> so messed up. And But no, I didn't I didn't really think in the beginning, maybe, yeah. Maybe there's like two or three seconds where I was like, oh my God, these cousins are getting it on. Dude, I was really upset about it because... Uh, <laughs> Were you upset when you read it the first time? Yeah, probably because I'm just like, ew, they're cousins. Because like I've never been into that kind of thing and... I know that like it's a whole subgenre of like anime, which I was also into at the time, and I am just not I'm just not into it. I don't want I don't. They always have the story like I know yeah they're like half cousins or whatever, but they always have the story in anime where it's like oh it's like this boy they took into their family and who now is part of their family because apparently they always do that in Japan. I don't I don't and, know. And then and then they end up, up falling having, in love. Yes, with... and I'm like no, you still grew up together. You're still siblings ew no I don't, I don't care there's still the relationship there even yeah. if there's not i don't know the kissing cousins thing creeped me out and uh we're gonna read some of it so you can be creeped out too there you go she leaned against him letting him support her weight feeling secure cared for safe when he kissed the back of her neck it was so tenderly it didn't disturb the safe feeling zach was nice she loved him and she was happy to know that he loved her when he kissed her again, an unexpected tremor ran through her. Now, she wasn't supposed to feel like that. Not with Zack. He shouldn't. He really shouldn't. But she didn't pull away from him or spoil the moment. His lips were warm on the back of her neck. The shock of sweetness passed through Jenny, this time too strong to be ignored. That felt... She knew she mustn't feel that way. Her hands went up to his arms to push at him. Zack, she whispered, I think we're both a little upset. We're not ourselves. I know, Zack said, as if it hurt him. I'm sorry, I... He straightened, loosening his grip a little, and then he kissed her hair. She felt his lips moving, felt his warm breath there. Zachary, she said, it's wrong. We're cousins. The problem was that although her words were strong, her voice wasn't. She could barely breathe, and she didn't move away. Half cousins, he said. It was true, although Jenny seldom thought of it. 
Her mother and his were only half-sisters. And besides, I can't help it. I can't help it. His kisses were coming faster. <sighs> so, eventually she starts kissing him back. Yes, she does. And I'm sure that at this point Jenny knows that it's not Zach. I don't know. You don't think I don't she know. did? I don't know. This girl's not even thinking about Tom. Where's Tom? Like, well, no, she doesn't. Th- <laughs> she, she never thinks about Tom. Tom is an afterthought always. But I, f- I feel like even though you, Emma, may have known that it probably wasn't Zach, I don't think Jenny did. I don't think she did either. So she's kissing her cousin. She's kissing him for real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's finding comfort in those soft, artistic lips. <laughs> Ew, and so, yeah, I'm not down. Uh, you know what? If you're into kissing cousins, all for it. Yeah. Go for to it. To each his own. It's, not, it's not, my, not my jams. But she does eventually figure it out. And she's, it, they do make mention that she, as she pulled away, she knew. So she does eventually figure it out, but I don't know when she figured it out. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. feeling all, like, dazed and like, uh, until she remembers that he totally killed Summer. Hey, she ended up giving him... <laughs> Exactly what he wanted. Exactly. And she got to save no one. Yep. Pretty much. Um, so how's it feel now, Jenny, to <laughs> add know, that to your to grief? A, oh my gosh. Yep, giant failure. <laughs> oh my gosh. How how in the world is she gonna get out alive? I mean, the grief alone would be too much for me. Too much. But you know, I would I would have made that deal in the very I beginning. would have to. I would have to. But Jenny doesn't, and she's uh pissed now and she gets all angry at Julian for killing Summer, and he goes on to this like conversation about how like life is pain highness yes more <laughs> labyrinth stuff i love it oh well that's prince that's Pride. prince's pride but that's still. good too but yeah no they they make the same quote in labyrinth and what i that quote hang on i'll, I'll remember you got it. it you got it she goes it's not fair and he goes you say that so often i wonder what your basis for comparison is yes yes so it does have a very labyrinth feel when he's talking about this because she's just like you're sucking you don't play fair and he's like what that's the way the world is. Hunter be hunted, That's pretty right. much. Mm-hmm. But Jenny's not buying that. She's like, no, I'm I'm gonna fight to win and gotta 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 gotta. Yeah, he just he just fuels her up every time, every time. Yeah, because he reminds her when she's getting mad about summer. He reminds her, well, it's it is fair. She agreed to play, and that's you know, right. She's like, well, she didn't know it was real, and he and he like quotes the like oath oh, at the beginning. I agree that it is real. real, and she's like, yeah, but. But, and she sputters and she has nothing to say. Yeah. Um, because he is technically playing fair. Just he is. a little. He's just withholding some information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, her friends are withholding information. So. I know. <laughs> I guess it's just what, how the world works. He's right. That's how the world works. So, at this point, Julian finishes his rant about how the world's not fair or whatever. And he gives Jenny another chance to essentially give in. I mean, he doesn't make like a specific deal per se but he's just like you know if you just want it all to stop you, you know you just say the word and i take that to mean she stays and her friends go right but she refuses no of course and so then he oh, yeah. sets mm-hmm. bees on her that's right the bees because she's like i'm never gonna give in you'll have to force me first and he's like all right let's do this yeah. and then the bees come it starts with like a couple bees that land on her and then she gets, like, weighed down by the bees. Once again, the descriptions are pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they're I in her like, hair. Yeah. They're, they're pretty starting creepy. to come on her face. So she yeah. can't open her, open mouth, her mouth and mouth. scream because yep. they'll crawl in her mouth, which is so gross. Yep. <sighs> uh, but Julian waits for a little while, and he's like, just say the word. And she's like, no. Eventually, she starts to pass out. And that was the end of chapter 11. 
Good old fainting. Good old yeah. There's a lot of fainting. There is a lot of fainting. A lot of fainting. I think this is like the third, fourth time she's fainted. I think I've fainted twice in my life. I've never fainted. Really? Not one time. I I was gonna punch a boy that said something to me, uh, and I he stepped out of the way, and I punched a wall, and all the blood rushed to my hand, and I passed out. Wow. (laughs) I bet he laughed at you. He probably did. Good thing I didn't hear it because it would have made me even more mad. And who knows what? I wish you would hit that boy, Emma. <sighs> he probably deserved it. He did deserve it. Of course I don't. He did. Re- I don't go after people unless they deserve it. Yeah. I want to know what he said. I can't remember. Oh. It was trauma, I'm sure. Oh yeah. I mean, it was probably something stupid that every uh, yeah. little it was, boy said. It was in the fifth grade, so. Oh. I mean, yeah, I remember stupid little things that people said to me when I was in the fifth grade. But now that I think on them, I'm like, why was I mad? <laughs> I, I don't know. People, kids are mean. You should have punched them in the face. I tried. I tried. <laughs> it was too quick for me. <laughs> At the beginning of chapter 12, uh, we left off with Jenny almost passing out. And the clock strikes three and Jenny wakes up and she realizes that she's got no bee stings. That's right. So that means Julian had He saved yeah. her. Because, you know, if she had passed out covered in bees. She would have been dead. Yeah. Unless he covered her with bees that don't sting. Aren't there bees that don't sting? Maybe. I'm not a biologist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Either way, he inflicts yeah. terror upon her, but then decides, I love her and I can't really harm her. Well, we he don't just, know that that's what he decides. He just likes to use mental tricks. You know, emotional abuse. Maybe he thinks he's a badass and he's really not. I mean, he is a badass. I mean... <laughs> He did kill Summer. So somebody's No, dead. the nightmare killed Summer. Oh, right. I forgot. He didn't actually do it. It was no, her own pro- It's fairness. Fault. It, it was is. fair. It's true. It's true. He didn't directly kill her, so we're okay. Actually, Jenny killed her because she didn't make the deal. <laughs> Which we're not letting that go, Jenny. <laughs> Once she gets up, she searches around and eventually finds a hidden door. I think it's like in some other shitty mural that Zach made. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> she thought that this would be like her passage Going back, back to the into, hall. Yeah. But instead it leads her into like a infinite black space that's lit only by colored flood lamps. Yeah. It was a weird space. I felt like it was very twilight zone. Yes. Like, definitely. What is going on? But it didn't freak me out. I was kind of surprised that she was so disturbed by the space when I'm like, you didn't think it was that scary? No. Well, when I was a kid and I read this, I ha- I, I didn't understand at all what this room was trying to be. It made no sense to me. And like in subsequent reads, I always skimmed over it. And so this time I was like, no, I'm going to read this real carefully. So I so I know exactly what's going on. Because if you had asked me before rereading it, like what the nightmare room of Zach was, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. Yeah. Uh, because I just, I don't know. It just like wasn't interesting to me. But I this time I figured it out. So they're in a giant black space. The flood lamps are all representations of different photographs that Zach has created in his life. Okay. They're all lame. (laughs) (laughs) But that's essentially what it is. Like, it's almost like she's going through a museum of Zach's photographic visions. Okay. Under these lamps. And the rest of it is just one big dark space. Black void type of thing. Yeah, because All right. That makes sense. It does make sense. I don't know why it never made sense to me back then, but it didn't. Honestly, it was kind of a hard... It's a hard space to imagine. Yeah. Because when I was reading, I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Like, I mean, I knew it was a dark coyote space. coyote thing over here, and then you've got some, like, yeah. baking powder or whatever oh, yeah, floating the, in the, the air. The baking powder thrown in the air. That's considered great photography. Uh, <laughs> it was colored. It was colored. It was colored by the light. Whatever, Zach. <laughs> you suck. Uh, 
You just don't understand his vision. I guess not. <laughs> so Jenny does see movement in the corner of her eye, but she never figures out what it is. So, but that, that I guess that means she knows that there's something out there because when she finally finds Zach, she's like, Zach, we gotta go. There's something here. Right. Even though she never like really sees what the something is. But Zach is still kind of like in a trance. Even though the other Zach wasn't the real Zach. This Zach is still acting like the old Zach. Right. Still just like, oh, I don't know what's going on. He's kind of foggy in a haze type of, just kind of resigned to this area. Like he has to stay here. Zach, we've got to go, she said and tightened her grip. I'll explain later, but there's something out there and we have to get back to the door. Zach just gave her one of his absent smiles, the kind that didn't reach his eyes. I know what's out there, he said. It doesn't matter. It's all part of my hallucination. Your what? You mean your nightmare? Whatever. He picked up the rock again, shifted it slightly, considered it. I've known for a long time that this was going to happen. Jenny was genuinely astonished. You knew you were going to get kidnapped by the Shadow Man? I knew I was going to go crazy. Then, adjusting the rock fractionally, he said, Actually, kidnapped by the Shadow Man is a really interesting way of putting it. Really imaginative. I mean, what else is going insane? Jenny could feel her mouth hanging open, then she shut it with a snap and took her cousin by both shoulders. Zachary, you are not insane, she said. Is that what your problem is? Why you were acting so strange before because you thought you'd gone crazy? Brain kidnapped by the Shadow Man, he told her. It was bound to happen sooner or later. It runs in the family. So now we know why Zach is acting like a weird person. Because he thinks he's gonna go crazy. He thinks he's crazy. A lot of artists, you know, struggle with that. Maybe that's where his visions come from. His craziness. Well, he needs to be more crazy because his <laughs> visions aren't very good. I'm just saying. As she's trying to drag him with her, because she's like trying to drag him back to the door that she came through, and suddenly one of the lights ahead of them gets shot yes. by an arrow, and mm-hmm. it goes out. Mm-hmm. And so now she's like, oh my god, we really got to go. And Zach's like, whatever, it's not real. It's not going to hurt. Yeah. She asks Zach what's chasing them, and he says, it's me. He's basically like, yeah, it's me. I'm being chased by me. They try to go to the place where the door is that Jenny came in, and it's not there, which is actually not that surprising because That's true. they, they don't never always... go through the same door they come out. That's right. It uh, always moves. It changes. But by the time they reach the door, uh, they see a man in cyberpunk yes. armor. I love this description. His crossbow was futuristic looking, and so was he. Cyberpunk, Jenny thought. He was wearing black body armor that hugged his lean body sleekly. And he had one normal hand and one that was shining steel and cables. Oh there my was God. some kind of high-tech gun strapped to his thigh. I love it. And he wore a helmet with a mirrored face mask that completely obscured his features. This is so great. I mean, it's kind of cheesy, but I feel I mean, like it yeah. goes with the 90s kind of sense Except of cyberpunk. I never remember <laughs> being into cyberpunk or seeing it being a thing much in like 1994. I mean, yes, I was in like eighth grade or something, but uh, I don't know. Apparently, LJ Smith was really into it because she includes a lot of it in this yes, book. Yes, I, I was dead set on finding cyberpunk fashion at that age. And let me tell you, it was really hard. I had to go to Little Five Points in Atlanta, oh, go to Jumpman's Daughter, that. and buy oh bondage pants, uh, PVC pants, all kinds of I, I mean, had some like PVC pants. I had like a pair of uh, shiny like plastic leather pants that were like a pearlescent blue. Ooh. The thing is, is that I was too afraid to ever wear them out in public. Oh, I didn't care. I loved oh. it. I loved it. I, I bought mean, them and I just people, never wore them. People thought I was weird. Absolutely. Yeah. But I didn't care because I just thought it looked so 
awesome. I should have worn my blue, my shiny blue pants because people thought I was weird anyway. There you go. So well, I should have been wearing your shiny blue pants. <laughs> Somehow, Jenny figures out that, hey, you know, I think the thing we have to do is Zach needs to, like, face this person. Right. And prove that it's not him. Mm-hmm. So she needs to go take off his mask. So she convinces him to do it, and it has no head. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. So I, so I guess it's not him. I guess. Uh, Maybe it's just his own fear. <laughs> it's his cyberpunk. It's his fear encapsulated in a cyberpunk body for some odd reason. But I guess Zach is Zach kind of a futuristic person. I don't they feel like his know, dioramas were necessarily no, they futuristic. weren't. They weren't, and I think of him more as like a hipster, like a grunge hipster is kind of what they described him as, like having like a low ponytail and wearing That's like right. plaid. So I was like, he's like a freaking yeah. Nirvana crowd. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely not futuristic in my opinion, but they do make a couple comments about him like liking futuristic stuff, and I'm like, really? Because he seems kind of like grunge-tastic, yeah. and they're like the opposite. They of are futuristic. Yeah. Whatever. Apparently, we don't know Zach. We didn't kiss him. <laughs> Jenny knows. She knows. <laughs> well, this nightmare, I guess, was a lot like Michael's, where they had to come up with a solution because the door doesn't appear again until he takes off the helmet and the cyberpunk body collapses. Yeah. And suddenly Zach is like, oh, 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 so I'm not crazy. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I'm totally normal now. <laughs> I can get through this now. Let's go. <laughs> right. So they finally find a door and they leave. They go back out to the mirror hallway and the... Uh, Slip of paper for Zack's Nightmares on the ground, and it's like a drawing of his head with like a bunch of like swirling colors in it. And he's like, "Oh, it's just the stuff in my mind." That's what that's what his nightmare yeah. is. Yeah, I think I mean I think it is like him going, going crazy, crazy. but okay. you know, it's I guess the deeper meaning is that he's afraid of the stuff in his mind rebelling against him or not being able to control it or I don't know. So the clock strikes four. They've just finished Zack's nightmare. And they decide to split up again. Yes, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Because that works so well Well. (laughs) every time. But luckily, Zach is a little bit smarter about it. And he suggests they use crayons that he stole from his nightmare room because he's a stupid hipster. No, he's a prepared artist. No, come (laughs) on. He's like, I just saw these and the colors reminded me of some product I wanted to do. (laughs) A true prepared artist. A true prepared artist that just like sees a couple of crayons (laughs) is like, just give me an idea for a photo later. You never know when inspiration is going to strike, so you should be prepared. Apparently I'm not a real artist because none of those (laughs) thoughts ever like cross my mind. I'm never just like, these crayons would make a good... I should just grab these, just in case. Shut up, Zach. (laughs) So, with the two crayons, his idea is that they travel... In opposite opposite directions. directions. Yeah. Leave a trail of crayons on the mirrors, and then whenever they find a door or find a person, they go back to the middle where the crayons be. If their trails are still going to be there. Because in Labyrinth, we mm-hmm. had the thing where she draws with lipstick. Yep, and you've got and these little gone. elves that turn it around. So and you so, really can't trust anything. No, you can't. I wouldn't. Mm-mm. But I do like the fact that Jenny chose Cadet Blue. That is one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite crayons. I never <laughs> had a favorite crayon. Uh, it's a gray-blue, kind of like Julian's eyes. Oh, so it's perfect. Oh, how romantic. It's perfect. Maybe that's why she picked it subconsciously. I think, absolutely. It wasn't <laughs> It wasn't for Tom, which, you know, no, which what's we, going on with Tom? I'm pretty sure we haven't thought about Tom in, like, at least four chapters. 
Okay, so Jenny goes, does her little crayon trail, but unfortunately she eventually reaches a dead end. Uh, and it's not just any dead end because there's no mirror on the wall, there's no door, there's no nothing. But her slip of paper for her nightmares. On yes, the that's right. And it's empty because she, she didn't, didn't draw, draw anything. Because apparently her nightmare is something that she remembered, doesn't remember from her childhood that actually happened to her. So, yes. you know, now that she's sitting here trying to figure out what to do, of course, Julian appears. Of course he Cause, does. Because duh, every time she's, she's alone. alone. Yeah. Maybe this time there he won't be kissing cousins. Because <laughs> Yurg. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the description of uh, what he looks like. I do too. It's a good one. He was leaning against a mirror wearing the sleek black body armor. No helmet though. Instead, there was a splash of purple and the shock of white hair falling over his forehead and a triangular blue design on his cheekbone. It looked almost like silk screening. More cyberpunk, Jenny thought. <laughs> High tech body art. Zach would love it. Or maybe not. Jenny looked straight into the strange cat-tilted blue eyes. Things had changed since Julian had set the bees on her. She had a new confidence at her core. Whatever he did to her, even if he killed her, he couldn't break her. So it was you shooting at us, she said. Personally, I think it was Zach's father. I think he has a little complex there. Rugged, old-fashioned dad, artistic newfangled son, you know. On the other hand, I am a hunter. He pushed the lock of purple hair out of his eyes, smiling. Why don't you just go away, Jenny said. I'm trying to figure something out. I'm glad to help you. I know a lot about you. I've watched you for so many years now. Hour after hour. Day after day. Jenny froze. He'd said similar things before and she hadn't really listened or she hadn't taken it literally. But now, looking at him, she knew he meant it. It was the most terrible thing she'd ever heard. He'd watched her for hours on end? How many times in her life when she thought she was alone had he been there? It was an appalling intimacy and one Jenny didn't want. I'm in love with you, he said simply. I think everything you do is marvelous. You... There's no need to be embarrassed. I don't think the same way you do. Whether your hair is brushed, whether your makeup is on, I don't care. Besides... He smiled at her. Didn't you know that I was there? Of course not. But she had, Jenny realized. Somewhere deep in herself, she'd known she was being watched. She just thought everyone had that feeling. Nah, girl. Nah, girl. Nah. That only that only happens to me in like creepy rooms when I'm alone. Dude, I and never I, have that feeling. Oh my god, being watched. <laughs> yes, that someone is behind you or something. I mean, maybe it's happened at least once in my life, but it's not like memorable or anything. Oh, it's probably like it after happened. watching a scary movie. Oh, or it something. happens to me all the time. But oh. I think that's I have an over well, imagination. You have a shadow man watching oh, you. Maybe. Hope he's as hot as this oh, one. Oh, me too. Well. <laughs> The one on my book cover, not on your book cover. No, I hate the one on your book cover. The one on my book cover is way hotter. You've got it all wrong. It is a little creepy when you think about it the way that he's, he's been watching her. her. Yeah. yeah, but but I would not be worried about my hair not being brushed. I wouldn't either. Of all the things I think that he would have seen, that's like the littlest thing. Human beings do so many embarrassing yeah. things in private. Yeah, that like, just take the crap or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Like, come on. Yes. Oh, he saw that time I farted or had <laughs> diarrhea in my pants. Like, not like, oh, my hair is not brushed. I've, I've got morning breath. Uh, I've got goo in my eyes. Yeah, no. We're not thinking about that. Well, maybe if you're a 15-year-old uh, girl. Actually, I think she might be like 16. Yeah, I think 16. I don't know if they've ever say they may have said she was 16 i don't remember it they all seem so much older i agree well i guess because to me i'm like you're on this adventure by yourself like where are your parents yeah. but you know their parents went off for the weekend yeah. too i'm like why are your parents leaving you alone yeah at 16 
Well, Julian gives her, like, a taunt and, you know, is like, how are you going to get in your nightmare if you can't even draw it? And she's like, well, screw you. I've got a crayon. And so the only thing she remembers from her nightmare is that it starts in her grandfather's basement. So she begins to draw it. And that's the end of chapter 12. At the beginning of uh, chapter 13, she... Julian's gone. Once she starts drawing, I guess he disappears because he's like, oh, shit, she got this now. So yeah. he's, he's like, out. Suddenly there's a door there, and when she opens it, it's her grandfather's basement. She doesn't really, like, remember exactly what's happening, but luckily a little ghost girl appears mm-hmm. to uh, lead the way. Yes, her five-year-old self. I guess it's kind of like watching a movie. She watches the little girl, like, walk around and look at things, kind of, I'm assuming, exactly as it happened back then. Yeah. Adult Jenny is now able to look around this basement and notices all the, like, strange books and things that her grandfather has, and he's got shelves of like mysterious items right and and let me just interject when i first read about her nightmare and it involved a basement and a grandpa my mind immediately went to a different place a very different place where i thought oh my gosh she's going to talk about (laughs) no i'm so glad she didn't because that would have made this a totally honestly yeah and honestly i didn't know how she would approach that topic when this is all very occulty yeah it's it's been occulty and kind of like light and fluffy. Yeah, and so bringing murder, in, but, you know, bad grandpa, yeah, no. like, <laughs> how is this going to work? And even when she started looking around at things that were occultish, I'm like, okay, maybe it's not where I thought it was going to go. Maybe he's actually this weird, crazy occultish guy, and he's like going to sacrifice her. I kind of or... wish that were it. That, <laughs> that would be definitely another totally different book, but that one I'm on board with. I'm not on board with, you know, molesty grandpa. No, no. But I'm okay with uh, <laughs> ritual sacrifice grandpa. <laughs> That's the name of the podcast episode, ritual sacrifice grandpa. Somehow Jenny knows that these uh, items that her grandfather has stocked around are all items for protection. I don't know how she knows that because she knows literally nothing else about about anything occulty, but somehow she's like, these are all items for protection. I'm like, girl, you don't know that. Right, and I feel like the author hasn't really touched on any kind of hobbies that she has in those things. That, I don't or think like, she has any maybe hobbies. <laughs> no, she literally Taking care doesn't. of her friends oh, and Tom. Those are her like, hobbies. Like, he doesn't talk about her being, like, an athlete or liking to read or liking to cook or liking anything. I guess she's kind of like the Sailor Moon of the group. She's the Usagi. She doesn't really... <laughs> She's Usagi just the likes one food. Okay. <laughs> Usagi at least likes something. That's true. This girl but, doesn't like anything. But I feel like Usagi's more of like she's the glue to the group. It's yeah, more yes. that she's she's loving of everyone. That that I feel like is her like thing. But for the most part, growing up I didn't really care for her that much because she didn't really do anything. Yeah, and Jenny doesn't really do anything. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I never thought about it till now, but you're right. She really there she really has no hobbies or interests or Anything of the sort. So, cool. Excellent girlfriend for Tom. She finds her grandfather's journal on the desk, which has, like, a description of all of the runes. Mm -hmm. And so we learn um, that the Uru's is the rune that was the inverted U that she saw on on the game box. And that one is for piercing the veil between the worlds, which is kind of cool. That is very cool. Let's see. Rido, shaped like an R, for journeying through space and time. And that's the one I had on a necklace. Awesome. You're a time traveler. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but then she sees one that's like circled and underlined and it's uh, Noth is. I'm probably butchering the 
pronunciation of all of these, but uh, shaped like a backwards leaning X with one stroke longer than the other. For containment, it was underlined heavily. So then she realizes her grandfather's a sorcerer. Because yeah. apparently she never knew before. I mean, she was five, so I guess I don't expect. Yeah. I mean, especially if he kept the basement locked and acted like normal grandpa for the. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you act I normal think he with was all normal. that? I mean, he just did his secret things <laughs> in the basement. No worries, right? I mean, whatever. He obviously devoted a lot of time to it. So, <laughs> yeah. how do you keep that secret? I mean, kudos, grandpa. And did grandpa have. Is there a grandma? I don't know. Did grandma know that you're a sorcerer? Maybe she did, and she left him when she found out. I don't know. They never mentioned. We could her go anymore. on a whole other story. I with know this. we could. Let's we'll start our fan fiction her. right now. <laughs> There's probably the beginning. One out there. Oh, oh, the prequel, like like his life. Let's start one about. That would his actually life. be kind of cool, Elsie Smith. Why haven't you done that? <laughs> I want the prequel on Grandpa's life before this, because I bet he did a lot of cool shit to get to where he is. Oh yeah, traveling and yeah. Who knows what kind of runes? Where did he get used. all those items? Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's your million dollar idea. You can thank us later. The ghost girl goes behind a bookshelf and Jenny realizes that there is a door hidden back there. On the door is the backwards leaning X. Suddenly now that like the little girl is like, you know, oh, should I open the door? Should I not open the door? And now I guess Jenny is remembering and she melds with her little girl's ghost self. And now it's her that opens the door. And when she opens the door, it's uh, a blizzard and there's eyes. Yes. Lots of eyes yes. everywhere. And the description of the eyes is really like detailed and kind of cool and creepy. But one of the pairs of the eyes is blue. Yes. Grandpa appears, who I guess is not ghostly. I guess now she's just full on in in the memory. Physical now. form type yeah, of thing. Yeah. I, mean, I don't they know. didn't mention him being ghostly, but whatever. They didn't. Grandpa appears and tries to save Jenny because the eyes are like, oh, you're coming with us now. That's right. You open the door. You're coming with this girl. And Grandpa's like, no, take me instead. So so they do. They they take Grandpa. Jenny tries to stop him. He slaps her hands away. They're like, you're coming with us, Grandpa. And they disappear into the closet. And Jenny's left alone, crying. Crying. Traumatized. Yeah. I do want to mention that while the shadow men are talking... There's Julian's voice in there. Yeah. Because remember how they kind of describe, I don't think we ever mentioned it in the podcast, but they described Julian's voice as water running over rock. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they make mention of that again. One of the voices is like water running over rock. And the voice is like, no, let's keep her. I want her. And so he, the, he clearly wanted her from the get go. From the very beginning. As soon as he saw her, he's like, oh, what a cute little girl. Let's play. Or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what his, I don't know what, what his emotion was at that point. She's how young he sunlight. was, or yeah. I mean, but I mean, his age is not relevant, relative, relative to hers. So I don't know. I don't know if we're supposed to think it's creepy or what. But Julian saw her, and that's when he decided he had to have her. On chapter fourteen, she—I don't know. I guess she's like blacks out or something. I don't remember because maybe it's one of those fainting spells yeah. that happen so often I in know, this world. She, she does faint quite often. <laughs> Apparently, everyone faints regularly. But her friends appear, and she has no recollection of them getting there. But So the crayon trail worked. They did, Yay. because they said they found her because they uh, followed her crayon trail, and it ended at this door. And so they're like, well, she must have gone in there. So they went in. They find her. And the door actually let them in? Why wouldn't it? I don't know. I don't know how things work in this I place. Mean, <laughs> I think they work however the story wants them to work, honestly. 
They try to get Jenny to tell what happened. Tell us, Dee said, her face stern and beautiful. He was a sorcerer, Jenny said. She looked at Zack. You mean all this time everyone thought he tried to hurt me? What were they supposed to think? Zack said. You were here, practically in a coma. You screamed if anyone tried to touch you, but you wouldn't talk. And he was gone. They figured he ran away when he realized what he tried to do. And when they looked around at this place... Zack looked around the basement himself and snorted. Well, they knew he was crazy. Paranoid. Because all this junk turned out to be... Charms for protection, Jenny said. Right. I mean, what kind of nut collects thousands of those from all over the world? And he had piles of books on the occult and all kinds of garbage. He was a sorcerer, Jenny said again. Not a black one. Maybe not a white one either, but not black. He wasn't trying to do evil. He was just a bit naive. He didn't allow for accidents happening. Like a five-year-old coming down here on a day he didn't expect her and opening a door she knew she shouldn't touch. That door? Dee looked at the empty closet. Jenny nodded. But what was in the closet? A monster? Julian. They all stared at her. Jenny swallowed the bad taste in her mouth. My grandfather wanted, well, the same thing those German boys in the forest wanted, I guess. She looked at Audrey. Power. Or maybe he was just curious. He knew there were things out in the darkness and he caught some maybe he uses runes to summon them up i don't know but i know he used a rune to hold them on that door and just what michael said his voice unusually grim would you call the things he caught aliens jenny said looking at d dark elves she said looking at audrey demons she said turning around to face michael the shadow man she said to zach he didn't have some kind of like spell around that door to stay locked I guess he lived in the house alone. Why would you have a door unlocked like that? Come on, Grandpa. I think maybe it was... Like, the basement was usually locked, I think. And this one day... Yeah, I don't... Nobody knows. I know it has to happen because the story has to be written. Grandpa had something really important. (laughs) Come on, man. You're hiding all this stuff. You've got people... You've got beings contained in a closet. And you don't keep that shit locked up? (laughs) You, I, I really, it should be locked up all. I mean, he should have like twenty four seven padlocks yes! on it. Yeah, or he, when you... magical incantations. I don't know. Well, Grandpa's dumb, and that's why he's <laughs> in this predicament. So that's why they're all in this predicament. Grandpa. Thanks, Grandpa. Grandpa, <laughs> I'm gonna write his backstory. I'm gonna do it. Oh, okay. There's I'm gonna be a reason. There's gonna be a reason why he didn't lock okay. it on that day. All right. All it's right. Gonna make sense. Sounds good to me. <laughs> all right. The nightmare's over, and the clock strikes five. The only door that they have to go out is the one they came in. So, oh, yeah, up the stairs, like yeah. the basement door. Yeah. So they go through it, and suddenly it's the turret, Ta-da. which looks like the Moore Game Store. Oh, yeah. Yep. So that's where it all began. The only difference is that there's a giant grandfather clock there that Tom is shackled to. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. No, that I should. image. No, <laughs> that it's image hilarious. is so funny to me. I don't know why. It's hilarious. Don't know and why. Even more hilarious is that. Julian's been showing him like what's been going on so luckily they don't have to just like to catch him up because he knows right he knows about summer he knows he's he's watched all the nightmares apparently but he hasn't seen any of the scenes with uh, Jenny and Julian you know making out his cousins or whatever he didn't see any of that that's the juicy stuff Tom so sorry you missed it I'm sorry too because (laughs) uh if Julian really wanted to hurt you hurt him that's how you do it that's how yeah I mean, here's me making out with your girlfriend. <laughs> Look, she wants it. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> well, so there is a door there for them to exit, but it's guarded by the snake and the wolf. Yes. Whom we have not seen until now. Yeah, which I'm kind of surprised she hasn't used them before. It would have been really cool if she had, because they could have had them, like, chasing them. 
down hallways or mm-hmm. like showing up and like making the whole thing a lot more like time sensitive. Yes. Like make them more on edge so they're not just like lolling around in the hallways. Right. And then adding more action, I feel yeah. like, to the nightmares rather than, oh, let's just get through the aliens. Like, yeah. no, throw a snake in there and see what happens. <laughs> throw a snake in there and see what happens. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you kind of forget that they even exist because we right. haven't heard mention of them. And their names, the, the Creeper and the Lurker? Yeah. Come on. I'm, I don't even know which one's which, but I, they tell you. I just forgot. Who cares? They're, they're useless. <laughs> they're stupid. And then Julian appears, and, you know, they think they've won, but Julian has other ideas. Oh, yes, and he's looking fabulous as ever. He's dressed in the <sighs> same outfit that uh, he was wearing at the Moore Game store, the the Byronic poet, <laughs> cyberpunk Byronic poet yes. or whatever. Yes, I imagine like a black flouncy yeah, like, shirt. Yeah, and, like the pirate shirt oh from gosh. like Duran Duran used to wear all those yes. like, flowy shirts. Um, they, they used to call it <sighs> new romantic, but whatever. It's fine, Byronic poet, sure. You didn't really think, Julian said to Jenny, that I would let you go. Jenny felt dizzy, smothering. You said you were playing the game fairly, she got out with barely the breath to say it. You promised me. I'm not hidebound by tradition, and I am playing fairly. I said if you got to the turret before dawn, you'd find the door home standing open. It is open. It's just that I won't let you get to it. Jenny looked at the animals guarding the door. What could even Dee do to fight them? By the way, Tommy here hasn't even faced his real nightmare yet. But there'll be plenty of time. We've got something like eternity ahead of ahead of us, you know. Julian said his eyes were like liquid cobalt and ravenous, hungrier than the wolves as he looked at Jenny and Tom together there. God help me, Jenny thought. Please, someone help. She looked at Tom, but Tom was looking at Julian with such hatred and fury that it made Jenny afraid for him. Then this whole game has been a farce, Tom said, almost spitting the words. His hazel eyes were burning. Julian spread his hands and inclined his head slightly, almost a bow, as if someone had complimented him on a job well done, but it was Jenny he spoke to. I told you I'd do whatever was necessary to get you. At first I was sure you'd lose the game, most people do. Then when I saw you had a chance of winning, I figured I could make you turn to me for help, but you wouldn't. She's very strong, you know. He added, flicking a heavy-lidded glance at Tom. Much too good for you. I know, Tom said, and Jenny looked at him astonished. But she's a thousand times too good for you. I want her, for goodness sake. Julian said and smiled. Light to my darkness. You'll see, Tommy. You'll have years and years and years to see how well she and I fit together. In any case, you've gotten this far, and I'm afraid I have to tell you the truth. Which is that the whole game has been just a game. The kind of cat plays with a mouse. Oh, Julian. Oh, Julian. Well, you know what? He's right, though. He did play fairly. Absolutely. I mean, he said the door would be open, and it's open. It's open. He just yeah, they chose... They just gotta get past the wolf of the snake first. Yeah. He just chose not to tell her everything. Yeah, but I mean, how? what do they expect? Her, I mean, her friends <laughs> right out lied to her. <laughs> What's your nightmare? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But Julian's the bad guy. Yeah, because... no. He's never told a straight out lie. <laughs> no, he hasn't. No. So I'm, I'm with you. Dee tries to kick Julia in the face because she's an awesome badass. It doesn't do any good. No. But at least she tried something. You go, Dee. I love you. That's right. She's got the courage. (laughs) Everyone's all just kind of like mad and not sure what to do. And then like all of a sudden Jenny's like, "Uh, I'll stay with you. Just let my friends go. She tries to play it off like, like she's 
changed her mind. Not not that she's just like, oh, I'm I want to save my friend, so I'll stay with you. She's like, no, I've changed. I've fallen for you. Yeah, and after after all we've been through, how could I ever go back to Tom? He seems so tame. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, who the hell is buying this? Nobody. I didn't buy it. I'm Apparently like, all her friends did. Well, they obviously do not know her. No, because uh, they're all just like, what? And uh, Dee knows. I'm pretty sure Dee knows. Because yeah. she gives like a, a like a knowing glance or whatever. And she's like, oh, okay. Yeah, you do what you got to do. But I'll everyone stay else here. Is, yeah. yeah. Everyone else is like, what the fuck, Judy? Yeah. And I'm just, I, I don't know how they could believe that pack of lies. But apparently Julian believes it too. Well, you know, even when I was reading it, I wasn't convinced of her performance i don't even think her performance was that strong well because she went from being like but you said you you were gonna play fair to being like, like wait, oh but wait i want to stay here with yeah. you yeah you've changed my mind yeah no you just, you, no, no no you can't go from this to that in like point one second Mm-mm. so julian i don't know i guess he wants to believe it or something because he goes along with it but he does make her take a vow yes which uh, you know that makes sense you know ensure what you got or whatever in this world, I feel like it's all about oaths and vows yeah, anyway. Much. Uh, so he tells her that, you know, if she's going to stay with him, she's got to promise herself with with a bond. And so he gives her a golden circlet that has some kind of like elvish on the outside. And then on the inside, it says, all I refuse and thee I choose. And uh, that chapter ends with him saying, you know, put this ring on your finger and you're sworn mine. So, yay, we have a wedding coming up, We guys. do have a wedding coming up. <laughs> uh, at the beginning of chapter 15, it just starts with her saying yes, and that's when her friends really freak out. And, mm-hmm. you know, she she's like, no, guys, really, I want to stay. Believe me, I want this. <laughs> and, and they're like, you know, uh, you're not Whatever. my friend anymore. They do proceed with the ceremony, which I suppose we should read because it's... It's, it's a it's wedding. Everyone loves weddings. Yeah, let's, let's join in on the wedding. I just... I just hope, I don't think she talked about what outfit he's wearing, but I just hope that he, like, magically transformed into, like, a white he, outfit. She put on that white outfit again yes. from the Dark Elves thing. Yes. The, the Earl King outfit. I'd be like, hey, wait, before we do this. <laughs> you got to change. And do I get to wear something cool? Because yes. I want a nice silvery dress, <laughs> you know. A short ceremony. He said again. Give me your hand. A stained glass lampshade threw blue and purple light over him. Jenny gave him her hand, felt that his was as cool as hers. Oh, don't, Audrey said as if involuntarily. Jenny didn't move. 17th century posy ring used to be given as tokens between lovers. Julian explained, holding up the gold circlet. With the inscription on the inside. It means you refuse all the world except the one who gives it to you. The words touch your skin and bind you with their power. Jenny smiled at him. Tom stood slowly, his chain scraping up the side of the clock with a sound like ball bearings rolling on wood. Julian ignored everything but Jenny. Now you repeat after me, but remember, the promise is irrevocable. With a slight gray formality, he said, as if quoting, This ring, the symbol of my oath, will hold me to the words I speak. All I refuse, and thee I choose. Jenny repeated the words and felt the cool band slide onto her finger. Then she looked at it. It shone with a rich, warm light as if it had always been there. Now if we seal the bargain with a kiss, it becomes irrevocable. Julian said again, looking down at her, as if giving her a last chance to back out. The circlet burned on Jenny's finger like cold fire. Jenny turned her face up. She didn't have to go far on tiptoe to kiss him. It was a soft kiss, but not a quick one. Julian was the one who lifted his head from it. Sworn mine, he whispered. Now and forever. 
Oh, such a sweet ceremony. Oh, so sweet. Zach doesn't think it's so sweet, though, because he, like, flips <laughs> the fuck out and, like, jumps He has after a huge him. tantrum, like, bigger yeah. than anybody else. Yeah, which, which is, I guess is we're supposed to realize how grave the situation if Zach <laughs> is the one that's, like... Is that like, what it is? Yeah, Or maybe it's so. the fact that... There's some truth to the kissing cousins thing. Oh, I don't want. Oh, I don't want to think about that. Gross. No. Okay. Well, my one question is, if this oath is binding, then like she can't get out of it. I don't know what she's thinking, because like, we all know. I, I would have been like, wait, 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 hold on, wait. <laughs> Maybe she doesn't really believe in the binding, like. She probably thinks, hey, well, Grandpa was able to get around some shit, so maybe I can. I don't know what but she's thinking. he was a sorcerer. Yeah, and you're not a sorcerer, Jenny. I don't you're know what she's thinking. Yet. Honestly, I don't know what okay. she's thinking. But she goes anyway, with it. She, What other option does she have, really? I mean, I None. don't know. I don't know that she was expecting the ceremony thing when she went down this path, and now she's, like, stuck to <laughs> she's it. like, oh, crap. <laughs> Throughout all of this, though, like, Tom is silent, and Jenny goes over to him and apologizes, and... But Tom is, like, strangely, like, resigned, and he says, like, oh, you know, it had to happen, I guess. And he and Julian share a knowing look. Julian says that the others can go. Tom's chains are broken, and he seems, like, ready for them to, like, start their honeymoon Honey- or Yes. <laughs> I wonder where they'll go. What trips will they take? <laughs> well, they're going to take a trip anywhere. down. Nope. They're taking a trip down to the basement. To the comfy couch in Grandpa's basement. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Jenny suggests they go down there because he's like, it's crowded in here. And uh, and she's like, why don't we go downstairs to the basement? I feel like this is so 16-year-old, like, I, for I real. Guess. Let's go make out on the couch in the basement. Yes. So they go down to the couch, and they have a little make-out, and Julian trash talks Tom, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, basically just being like, he's scum, and, you know, he doesn't deserve you, whatever, whatever. He's, things he's we already know. and he's yeah. never thought about you, yeah. and it's true. Like, These are all things we already knew. She She's so emotionally in tune with Tom, and Tom is just oblivious yes, to, to everything else. to all of her else. feelings, I know. <laughs> you know, you would think at this point, after seeing all this and hearing all this, that she'd be like, you're right. I do deserve better. Like... She didn't necessarily have to go with Julian, but she should be like, Tom. Yeah. But, I mean, she's been in love with Tom since the, sec- since the second grade. Yeah, don't be afraid to change, girl. It's time <laughs> to move on. Everyone changes and grows. Uh, seriously. <laughs> so they're making out, and she, like, gets up to walk around, and she's making small talk, and uh, she goes over to the, the infamous closet, and she's apologizing for what her grandfather did, and Julian's just like, I don't want to talk about this, you know, and... She goes into the closet and lures him in there. This place brings up bad memories. See if we can't make a better one. She smiled up at him and backed up against one wall. He turned and smiled down at her. In the confined space, they were very close. Jenny stood shyly, one leg crossed behind the other. He bent his head again, his mouth warm and demanding. Jenny gave herself up to it and the kiss opened like a slow blooming flower. Became so breathless and urgent that Jenny couldn't break it, even though she knew she had to. She kept thinking, just one more minute, just one more minute. It was Julian who pulled back. It's rather uncomfortable in here. Do you think so? She smiled up at him, breath slowing. Definitely. Well then, I suppose we could... Now, she thought. In the middle of her sentence, she moved. She had been standing in the cross stance, a kung fu stance that Dee had taught her. Good for instant lateral movement. Now, in a split second, she used the power of her left leg to throw her right, vaulting out of the closet. In the same motion, she slammed the door shut. Not this, she shouted and slashed the X in the air. As she shouted it, the rune flashed brightly on the closet door, not red like fire, but blue-white like ice. She didn't know if she was doing it right, but it was 
what her grandfather had done or tried to do. She shut the door, traced the runes, say the name. She pronounced it as her grandfather had pronounced it. And Julian did not come leaping out after her. The closet door stayed closed. Oh. oh no, she trapped Julian in a closet. She tricked him. She we did didn't trick him. see it coming. He trusted her. <laughs> I know, it's actually really sad. Kind of, but she she justifies it in her mind because at first she's kind of like, oh, I don't know. But then she's like, whatever, he lied and he no. changed the rules of the game. And I'm like, no, no he, didn't. he didn't. He didn't. He literally didn't. Never changed the rules of the game. They were always the same. Yeah. You just didn't ask questions. She's just feeling guilt right now yes. and she's... Trying to make herself feel better for trapping a poor guy in the closet. <laughs> poor, guy. poor guy who just wanted to make out with her. Come on. Well, I don't, honestly, I don't know how long it's going to last as far as the containment. Because I, I remember reading that you have to use blood yeah. to seal it. And she didn't have any blood. Well, I mean, it was already pre-stained with her grandfather's blood. So maybe that's enough. But you would think the person who's to cast it, the rune, it has to be their blood. That's yeah. what I would think. But I don't know. I'm not a sorcerer. I don't know. I was just she the poser like, who wore a bit, rune she, necklace. <laughs> she should have like bit her lip. Yeah. Or bit his lip. Well, I Ooh. don't know if he has blood. I don't know. But somehow gotten blood and, you know, in a sexy way, of course. In a sexy way. <laughs> Let's do some ritual suicide. Okay. Yeah, you're yeah, in here. done. Don't do Sealed that, kids. forever. Yeah. Bad no. idea. Uh, so she runs upstairs back to the turret. Her friends are still there. So do you think Dee convinced everybody to stay? I don't know. Or is it just like, well, Dee's not leaving, so maybe we should stay here, or? I actually think I remember that they didn't, because I remember them being like, man, I thought you really meant it, and like Dee being like, no, nah, I knew she didn't mean it, and I was like, yeah, because So why the heck were they Dee's just staying there? Friend. I don't know. <laughs> maybe they were waiting until the very last minute, and then, I don't know if they were ever planning to leave, or if they were going to stay. I don't know. I would have left. I would have left, too. I'm like, well, she made her choice. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe. It, I guess it depends on the situation. If I well, were D actually, and I knew she didn't mean yeah. it, I would wait. We would have waited because we knew yeah. it all didn't make sense. Crap. But yeah. like Zach? He was, yeah. Why did he leave? <laughs> I don't know. So they go to the, like the, I forgot to mention earlier that the snake and the wolf are now gone because Julian's like, get out. So they're gone. Yeah. They've so done they literally really, nothing this entire <laughs> they book. They had a short cameo. Yeah. <laughs> Did nothing but stand in front of a door, and uh, now the door is open. It's open air, so they have to skydive out. That's right. It's 6.10. Yep. So they've got, got one, one minute. minute. And Jenny holds Tom hands, <laughs> and then they jump together. That's so sweet. Gross. And they all pass out. Because, you know. Fainting. That fainting. happens. And they do make mention of the fainting. She's like, you never get used to fainting. That's right. No matter how often you faint, you never really get used to it. <laughs> and she's fainted a lot. Yeah. So there you go. When they wake up, they're back in Jenny's living room. They first are wondering if it's all a dream, but then they see that Summer's gone. So they're like, oh, oh yeah, crap. Summer is gone. She's and not out getting burgers or nope. tacos. Nope. Uh, her friends. So pretty much uh, she's like, well, now we got to tell the police <laughs> about this. And um, it's her bright idea to tell them the truth. Because they're like, what are we going to tell the police about Summer? And she's like, the truth. And they're I'm like... They're not going no. to believe you. They're going to, no. You're all going to be murder suspects. Exactly. And you're going to be questioned forever. A group of kids. Yeah. Left alone on yep. the, for the weekend. Yep. The friend is missing. Yep. Nope. Sure, lady. It was a game. Yeah. It was, who? Now, now tell me, <laughs> tell me about this shadow man. She's going to show them the game box and it will all make sense. Of 
course it will. They don't have the paper dolls that look like them. I don't think they have the no, nightmare the, slips anymore. They noticed that the paper dolls of them were missing and the nightmare slips are gone. Um, but everything else is there. The house and the shadow man and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Jenny basically packs it all back into the box and she takes off a ring and throws it in there and duct tapes it all together. And she, I don't know what she plans to do with the box, but she leaves it on the table. So Dee calls the police in the kitchen and Tom and Jenny go off and have... Have a moment. Their special moment. Yeah, so at the beginning of chapter 16, Tom is like, here, uh, here's, here's what I drew. And he's the only one, I guess, that kept his, but whatever, he's got it. And it's a picture of Jenny. So she's like, I'm your worst nightmare. <laughs> and he's like, no, it's losing you. And I'm like, oh, is this supposed to make <laughs> us realize that Tom really loves her? Because I don't know that I'm still on board. He does love her. It just took a lot. But he the- drew it at the beginning of the game. Yeah. It's not like he drew it at the end. So we we're supposed to, I think, feel that he always loved her. Or at he least didn't know how to show the her absence whatever. of her was something very scary to him. Well, and that's because, she's because a possession. she emotionally supports him. <laughs> and she's his possession. Yes. He didn't want to lose his trophy girlfriend. I don't think that he can offer her as much as what she needs. Definitely not. He needs to get with somebody that's going to stay in town yeah. and they can have a bunch of babies together and he can be a manager at, I don't know, AutoZone or something. <laughs> and <laughs> Jenny's going places. Not that there's anything wrong with that. There's there's nothing wrong with that life. I just don't think Jenny, Jenny, now after Julian, I don't think Jenny is okay with that kind of life. Jenny's going to get some hobbies. You just wait and see. She is. (laughs) I don't know what they're going to be, macrame or... (laughs) But she's not going to do them here in her hometown. No. She's going to do those hobbies elsewhere. (laughs) That's right. While they're having their tender moment, they hear glass breaking in the living room. (gasps) Oh, no. Is it the creeper? Is it the lurker? I wish. Can we see them again? Nope. Can they have a more important role? Absolutely not, because (laughs) they go in there and, you know, I don't know, I guess they all went in slow motion because the the people that came in are already gone. They stole the game box, and Jenny sees them climbing the fence and recognizes them as the thugs from the beginning. Okay. But she decides it's not worth it to go after them because she's convinced herself that they're not going to be able to use the box, the, the game. that it's Or it, because it's not going to be viable evidence for the police. Well, like, maybe where, they never where? planned to use that as evidence. I really don't know. I, I don't know. But she's not worried about it. She's like, oh, they can't use the box. It was made for me. You know, Come on, girl. After all the things that have happened to you. You haven't gotten, like, a little bit smarter? You Come know on. what? This is a perfect time to force Tom to, I don't know, prove his love by chasing <laughs> after those thugs. Yeah, he's athletic. Yeah. He can do it. He's like the quarterback or something. Yeah. He? Like, get, go run after those guys. They're a bunch of, like, druggies, yeah. probably. I don't no, know. That is why when you deal with any kind of occultish thing like that, you just burn it. Yeah. Just burn it. Your yeah. Ouija boards, burn them. Yes. This game box, burn it. Yes. Don't tape it up. You burn it. Maybe she planned to and she just hadn't done it yet. But you're lost. Then, at the very end of the book, the perspective changes to the perspective of the, of the thugs. And I guess we find out that they were staking out that house all night. <laughs> Which is just such a silly idea. It really is. They saw the box in the alleyway and they felt like compelled to follow it or whatever. And they waited all night. All night. All night while they're gone. <laughs> Maybe they slept. Maybe they slept in the bushes. Like, they fell asleep. Maybe? But I'm like, you watch these kids. I am, I'm assuming that they watched Jenny and her friends open the game and put it together. Yeah. And then when they 
were transported to the other world, they just saw them vanish and thought nothing? Like, why they would must, you steal I mean, the game then? I don't like, think they must have seen it. I really don't know. What were they doing? What terrible thugs. Like, if you're going to maybe they had to go out, Maybe they had to go out and steal something or, like, you know, kill a hooker or something. I don't know. <laughs> All I know is, you know, they waited until, you know, daylight. Where people could see them. And where everyone's, like, <laughs> milling around the room to do it. Oh, well. I guess you they're know. not the smartest. No, um, I, I really don't know, but they have the box now, and the book ends with them tearing open the tape. The end. The end. Ta-da! So if I want to see if the thugs get transported into the other world, I have to read the other books. Yeah, and there's two more. Um, unfortunately, Emma already ruined it for herself <laughs> because she I admitted had to know. She admitted to me that she read the end of the third book. I had to know what happened. I had to know. Well, we're not going to... I'm not going to say anything. We're not going to spoil so. it for you guys, because you should read the other two. The second one was my least favorite of the of the three, but it's still good. The third one is pretty good. And and you've read all three of these multiple times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've probably read the second one less times than the other, but there are some good things in it. There's like a masquerade ball. <gasps> yeah. I didn't read that part. Well, that's in the second book. If you just skip I, to the well, end, I, then. Okay, so... I'll admit, I you found the second book. No, sometimes I have that uncanny, uncanny ability to like thumb through a book and find like the love scene, <gasps> and it happened in the second one. Ooh. So well, I only focused on one. Yeah. Um, but there's then I was like, ones. gosh, I have to figure out what happened. So then, yeah, I went straight to the end of the third one. I mean, there's a lot of sexy moments to come. So if you uh... do, you feel like there's more in the second one than in the first one? No. Okay. Because no, there aren't as many, but they are the ones that there are are good. And yeah. then in the third one, there's barely any because just the nature of the plot. She doesn't see Julian very often. But when she does, it's good. Okay. So, but it's different. Which it's I really guess we've good. kind of spoiled things because we're talking about love scenes. Oops. Oh, that's fine. You can I cut mean, it out. You know, whatever. <laughs> it's, you kind of expect there to be some of that. You want to know if there's going to be some juicy bits, and there are. Yeah. So it's good. Well, it, is, it seems at the end of the first book that Jenny and Tom are – going to be in a relationship yeah. and maybe a more mature relationship in which he yep recognizes how how vital she is how important she it is does to seem him. to be that way uh i can't i can't really give my opinions because <laughs> i know what happens yeah. but it does it, it does seem like tom has learned a lesson i still think jenny should dump his ass but <laughs> you know whether or not she does you'll find out if you want to read the rest of the books I wanted to talk about the contest that was in the back of the book. Oh, yeah. When I first yeah, yeah. read this. And I I, t- I think I mentioned it at the very beginning of the first episode when I told you that I was going to tell. It was an item that was in the book. But my copy of the book, my original copy, had like a, a contest in the back where you could mail in to win a copy of The Ring. <gasps> the Julian All oh I Refuse and the I Choose gosh. Ring. I wanted it how so many, bad. How, do you know if they had like multiples that... Or was um, it just, like, one winner? I don't know oh my anymore. I don't remember. All I know is you could enter multiple times, and I entered a bunch of times. And you never won. I didn't win it. I wanted it. Oh, Who it won that? I don't know. Somebody won that. I bet maybe you could Google it and find out. LJ Smith probably knows, right? I really want to know who won it. If you won it, please let me know and then give it to me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can have it. Unless you don't want it, and then I'll take do it. You, well, I don't... Do you... <laughs> Was it real metal? Like I don't. I doubt it. I <laughs> yeah. doubt it was it's real like it's gold. It was probably yeah. <laughs> it was probably like fake metal. Like I'm sure it wasn't any sort of good quality. You would have worn it around your neck on yes. your moon necklace. Yes, oh. I would have. I would have worn them in tandem. <laughs> it would have been a thing. I would have been the coolest eighth grader. <laughs> Did you know any friends that were reading this book? 
No, just my sister. Okay. My sister read it and, you know, she was in that, a period during this time in her life. And I know she's going to listen to this, so you're going to deny it. <laughs> but uh, she was in a period at this time in her life where she was way too cool to talk to me. Oh. I but have... it's okay. It's okay. I still read all of her books because th- this was her book that I read. And I... I thank you for letting me read your books. Yes, she's got great taste. She's got great taste. She still does. We still read the same books. <laughs> <laughs> so what'd you think overall? I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really a really neat mix of kind of the high school drama and the supernatural stuff. Right. Had I known about this book when I was younger, I would have read it. Right. I, I really liked L.J. Smith's books because they were different than any of the other uh YA books that were out at the time and I feel like she kind of like laid the path of what YA was to become because oh, yeah. nowadays this is kind of the same type of book that teens are reading now but back then we were reading like uh, R.L. Stein and Christopher Pike who were really great you know books but they were totally different they were more like murder mysteries although some of them had some supernatural stuff in them but they were written by men and they didn't really re- include romance mm-hmm. and None of them were really as, like, occultish as this, you know? And so I felt like it was, like, a whole new genre. And oh, it yeah. was really cool Which at the I time. Feel, I feel like the – not that I – not that I personally know because I don't read a lot of YA stuff, but when I go to Barnes and Noble with you and yeah. we look at that section, I feel like it's all that. It's now. all yeah. the supernatural romance. It is. She and she. I feel like she probably wasn't the first, but she was the first I was exposed to because I was reading all the other stuff that didn't have the romance, and this was the first one that the romance was like a main player, mm-hmm. and I was so into it. <laughs> and all of L.J. Smith's books are like that, and it's great. Oh, that's awesome! It's great. We should read all of them. <laughs> I have chosen for us to read The Fairy Rebel. And this was a book that I found out because my older sister had read it. At the time, she was also a sister that didn't really talk to me. (laughs) She's great now. She's great now. Older sisters. You know, you've got to, Yeah. you know. Can't be hanging out with your little sister. No, you have to come up with your own identity. Yeah. So I get it. Anyway, so she, she read it. I read it. We never talked about it. I didn't have anybody in school that was reading stuff like this. So I didn't know anybody that had read it outside of my family right. until I met you. Yeah. So this book's a little different in that we've both read it. Yes. The Fairy Rebel by Lynn Reed Banks, who's the same author that wrote Indian in the Cupboard. So I will tease you with the synopsis so that you can get excited and possibly read it with us if you want to read along with us. So here it goes. Everyone knows grown-ups never get to see fairies. They don't even believe in them. But one day, Jan, a grown-up, was sitting in her garden feeling sad when suddenly she discovered that fairies can be very real and quite extraordinary. Tiki knew that she'd be taking a terrible chance if she defied the fairy queen and used her power to help a human, but Jan was crying because she wanted so much to have a baby. Tiki, who was the kind of fairy who didn't always obey her queen, just had to do something. Soon, Jan's dream came true, and she and her husband have a wonderful little baby girl. But Tiki has angered the queen, and now she and her human friends are up against the dark and chilling fury of a leader who will not hesitate to unleash her most terrifying powers against them. Yes. Yes. Get excited. Yes, I'm super excited to read this. I'm a type of person that actually does not reread books. Oh. So I haven't read this. Wow. Well, neither have I. Since I was... We'll talk more about that in the next episode. So read along with us, and we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. 
To learn more about us and see what we're going to read next, visit our website at growingupbookish.com. 